give thanks to you. Lord Jesus, you are the hope for the nations. Even in a world that is broken, the world that is in disarray, mm -hmm. Lord, we know that you are still the hope of the nations. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, we commit everything into your hands and pray you take absolute control. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so we continue with the act of remembrance. We meet in the presence of God. We commit ourselves to work in penitence and faith for reconciliation between the nations that all people may together live in freedom, justice, and peace. We pray for all who in bereavement, disability, and pain continue to suffer the consequences of fighting and terror. We remember with thanksgiving and sorrow those whose lives in world wars and conflicts past and present have been given and taken away. The scripture says, This I call to mind and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Before we pray, I will invite Peter to bring for us the wreath in remembrance. Please, Peter. Let us pray. For the departed, and for the peace of the world, for the armed forces, the government, and the crown. Almighty God, we give thanks and praise to you today for all those who have courageously given their lives to serve humanity. Almighty God, we also know that some of these wars are wars that have been initiated by human greed and injustice. And people have had to give up their own lives in order to defend the defenseless. And so, Lord, we pray for a world where justice will prevail and peace will reign. We pray for a world, O God Almighty, where governments will think of the good of their people and also the good of the rest of the world, where equity and justice will be the order of the day. Indeed, Lord, we pray that your kingdom will come and all of this will be a thing of the past. We pray for the peace of Israel, Lord Almighty, and the people of Palestine. That, Lord, there will be a ceasefire. And, Lord, both sides will think of the ordinary civilians. We pray, Father, Lord Almighty, Hamas as a group will never think of doing what they did, going into Israel to kill and maim unsuspecting civilians, children and old ones, creating this disruption and continued suffering even for their own people. We pray, Father, for the government of this nation, for the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and his cabinet, 
Just pray the Lord you will be with him and all those who serve with, together with him. We pray that they will continue to stand on the side of truth and honesty to bring, Lord Almighty, your will and your purpose to prevail. We pray for his majesty, the King Charles. We pray that, Lord Almighty, your hand will be upon him and the royal family. And, Lord, draw them closer to you daily, that they will come to know you personally and serve you and serve the people that you have put in their care. And Lord, as we go on to the rest of the act of remembrance, we say together the prayer that you have taught us to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pledge ourselves anew to the service of God and our fellow men and women, that we may help, encourage, and comfort others, and support those working for the relief of the needy and for the peace and welfare of the nations. Together we say, Lord God, our Father, we pledge ourselves to serve you and all mankind in the cause of peace for the relief of want and suffering and for the praise of your name. Guide us by your spirit. Give us wisdom. Give us courage. Give us hope and keep us faithful now and always. Amen. And for those who are able to stand, once again, may I invite you to please stand. Let us commit ourselves to responsible living and faithful service. Will you, members of this congregation, strive for all that makes for peace? Will you all seek to heal the wounds of war? We will. Will you work for a just future for all humanity? We will. Merciful God, we offer to you the fears in us that have not yet been cast out by love. May we accept the hope you have placed in the hearts of all people and live lives of justice, courage, and mercy. We make this prayer through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated now. Bless you. Our church, our reading today is taken from Mark 4, verses 35 to 41. Jesus calms the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. 
Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Our second reading is from Acts 16, verses 16 to 34. Paul and Silas in prison. Once, when they were going to the place of prayer, they were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, who are telling you the way to be saved. And she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his family were baptized. The jailer brought them home into his home and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy 
because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole family. Our final reading is from Philippians 4, verses 4 to 9. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Peace that makes no sense. Peace that makes no sense. We read in scripture, Mark chapter 4, Jesus and his disciples in a boat. It's a story that we're all familiar with. And here, this boat was really being buffeted by the wind, by the waves, by everything. It was chaotic out there. But what happened? Jesus was asleep. It's peace that makes no sense. His disciples actually went to shake him. Are you, are you really here? Are you, are you alive? And we're about to die. And Jesus was calm. He just woke up. Peace. And that was it. And so we're talking about peace. That makes no sense. When we read in Philippians chapter 4, and it says to us about peace that transcends all understanding. I don't know what you make out of it. Peace that does what? Transcends all what? Understanding. It's Paul speaking and saying it doesn't make sense. Paul was involved in ministry. And he also knows his own history, that he was one of those who wanted to ensure that the Jewish religion, in quote, was kept pure. And anyone who talked about Jesus was a target. Wherever you were, he would go after you. But after he gave his life to Christ, what happened? You began to see someone who himself became a target. Because of Jesus. He became what? A target. So don't be surprised that people might hate you because you're a Christian. You bear the name of Christ. So you too have become what? A target. They can come after you. They can do anything against you. They can run you out of business. Like the gentleman who, family, who had this bakery. But because they didn't want to go along the line of woke culture, they came after them. 
to run them out of business. So Paul is saying here, I don't get it. Because if I had opportunity, I would turn away from this. But no, I couldn't. Because he went to preach. And as they were preaching, came this young lady who began to speak. Because she had this spirit that had, you know, what do you call it again? Well, she was able to predict things. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16. Let's go back there if you have your Bible with you. Acts of the Apostles, chapter 16. We read from verse 16. So you won't forget that. 16, 16. <laughs> All right. So Paul the Apostle says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl. Now this is who a slave girl who had what a spirit by which she predicted the future spirit of divination she earned a great deal of money not for herself for her owners by fortune telling you know it, it is very strange when believers go to palm readers go to tar you know use tarot cards go to you know, all those kinds of things in order to want to know something about their lives. If you go to this same Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19, you will see there in verse number 19. Another 19, 19, the other one is 16, 16, so you won't forget this one as well. Okay, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19, verse what? 19. People gave their life to Christ. And we see in verse 19, it says, A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. Now, these people were very much into all those evil practices. But when they gave their life to Christ, they went and brought out all their books. And it was burned. Now these were not cheap. And we were told how much. So when this lady was coming after Paul and saying things, and what she was saying, remember, she wasn't saying anything wrong. She was actually saying the right thing. These people are the servants of God. They have come here to bring the word of God. So, in a sense, if she was predicting, she was predicting the right thing. So, when the devil begins to speak, he will not always say the wrong thing. And that's how he gets people. Okay? Makes you to think, oh, well, how did you know that? Well, the demon sees. And so... But Paul, after a while, it began to really become a distraction. A distraction in the sense that people were no longer listening to the word of God. They were now listening to witches and wizards. And Paul turned around then and said, in the name of Jesus, come on, this demon, leave this lady. Wow, what happened? Because she was making money for her owners, the owners became what? Angry. And that's how Paul... And Silas 
ended up in where? In prison. We are talking of peace that makes no sense. Now, in prison, which is where, you know, the whole story really comes to, what were they doing overnight? The scripture says, Paul and Silas began to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They began to praise God and singing hymns. Verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the doors, all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. Today, I pray every chain will break loose in the name of Jesus. Whatever chains they are, that those will be broken because of the name of Jesus. Because you have come to the Lord, release yourself. Surrender yourself to him. Because he wants to break every chain. And so as they were praising God, now that's the peace that makes no sense. They could have said, God, why did you allow us, you know, in this place? God, you left us in this pit by ourselves. We are chained down here. But no, they were praising God. Actually, they weren't praying that God should take them out of the trouble. That's the interesting thing. Because sometimes God actually puts us or allows us to be in a mess so that we will learn. What do we learn out of the challenges of life that we face? Here, they were praising God. And as they were praising God, boom, the Holy Spirit came down. Everywhere was shaken. Things began to move. Hallelujah. Today, I pray and prophesy things will begin to move in your life in Jesus' name. That whatever it is that is standing against progress in your life is going to move. Because by the time it began to move, chains were broken. And as chains were broken, what happened? More and more, God's peace. Paul would have said, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing right now. But before then, it wasn't easy. That's why it was peace that made no sense. When you praise God in the midst of trouble. Now, what's the nature of this peace? Quickly, number one, is God-ordained peace. He said, the peace of God that passes understanding. The peace of God. So it's not just human peace. It's peace that comes from God. Only God could do it. Nobody. Nobody else. Number two is Christ giving. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. God ordained that peace where Jesus came to give it to us. So if you have Jesus in your life as your Lord and Savior... Challenges will come. But know that Christ is with you. Jesus said, in this world you have tribulation. Read that, uh, you know, John chapter 14, verse 27. He said, in this world you will have trouble. <laughs> when we say tribulation, you know, it sounds very exotic. And you, you know, it he said, you will have trouble. Trouble. And so when I have trouble as a minister, I know trouble is part of ministry. Hallelujah. He said, you will have trouble. And also, it's spirit-inspired. I'd like to read that one. Romans chapter, you know, 8 verse 6. What does it say? It says, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. 
When your mind, when your heart is governed by the Holy Spirit, there is peace there. And people will be wondering, why is he, why is she still smiling with all the things happening in her life, in his life? It's because it's the peace of God, hallelujah, that passes all understanding. And it is crisis immune. It's not a kind of peace that crisis will knock out. Yes, there will be crisis, but it's a kind of peace that says, I don't care. Hallelujah. Because I know Jesus is with me. And it is kingdom-centered. Let's see, you know, Romans again, chapter 14, verse 17. What does it say? It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. You know that song? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God. Okay, I'll stop there. I know some of you are already beginning to nod. So, it's kingdom-centered. It's all about the kingdom of God. It's not about us. So, how do you obtain this peace? Simply, and for those of us who have made that decision, receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you're here, you haven't done that yet. Today is the best day for you. To say to Jesus, come into my heart. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that peace comes in. And when that peace comes in, you are able to face those menacing giants like David did. You know, David was able to face his giants. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So it's very, very important. Number three, tune up from the voices. All those voices, you know, speaking. Like that, you know, demonic, you know, lady there. This voice I was speaking was not the voice of God. Tune up from those voices. When you lie down and the devil begins to tell you it is the end of your life, tell him it's not the end of my life. I will see tomorrow. Amen. When you pass through all the, you know, crises that you're facing, just know that God is with you. So tune up from those voices. When you're driving and a kind of song is playing on your radio, you can decide to tune up from that channel and go into a different channel, couldn't you? It's within your power to do that. So tune up from those voices. And number four, stop comparison. The trouble a lot of us Christians have is that we compare ourselves with ourselves. Bible says it's foolish to do that. You want to get people's approval. Yes, we have to do what is right, but look, the approval you need is the approval of God. Once you know you're in the right place with God, every other thing will just fall into place. Each one of you should test their own actions. The scripture says in Galatians chapter 6. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Don't compare yourself with someone else. And also, surrender all to Christ. Just say, Lord, Bible says, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. If we can only say, God, all of this, all of this, I know I didn't call for this. I know I didn't plan for this. I know I didn't intentionally ask for this. But Lord, I know you will see me through. I know you will take me through. 
I know I will come out to the other part because you are with me. No wonder the psalmist says, your rod and your staff, they do what? They comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Surely, what will happen? Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Peace that makes no sense. Are you passing through any challenge at this time? Lost a loved one. God can still give you peace. Difficult to meet daily needs. God can still take you through that. What is it? There's a peace that makes sense. Because from peace that makes no sense, you begin now to realize, oh, all right. So it's really God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you let me go through this. Thank you, Father. That peace begins to make sense now. So oh, thank you, Lord, that you are with me. Thank you, Lord, that you can see me through this. Thank you, Lord, that I know that if you are with me, no one can be against me. That's peace that makes sense. And before we pray now, I just want you as an individual to talk to God about this. In the midst of the crisis of a world that is turned upside down, cultures that are turning against itself, could we actually say to God, yes, your peace now makes sense to me. Yes, Lord. my heart. And if you have not given your life to Christ, I just want to pray for you right now. You want to intentionally, it's not just, you know, those who gave their life to Christ, they were very intentional about it. You want to be intentional today to say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. Forgive me for the past. Lord Almighty, may this be a new beginning for me. Just pray that prayer. God, I want it today, today to be a new beginning, a new journey with you, Lord. Come into my heart. Anyone who want me to pray for you on this particular note? With all eyes closed, I would like to see you just raise your hand to the Lord right now to say Lord I identify I raise my hand to you Lord thank you God bless you God bless you it's something between you and God not anyone else God bless you now I'm going to pray for you where you are I'm, I'm not going to ask you to come out here Father Lord Almighty I pray for all those who have said to you this morning, come into my heart. Lord, forgive all their sins. Wash away. And as Lord, you wash away, give them the joy of your salvation. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Because we have you in our heart. Lord Almighty, 
we know that you see us through every challenge. And so, God, I pray for your people this morning. See them through, Lord Almighty, whatever challenges in life. But especially for those who have identified with you. To say, Jesus, come into my heart. Lord, write their names in the book of life. Thank you for hearing our prayer. May your name be exalted right now, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.